Hey everyone. Um, before we get started, I just love to understand who's in the room. So I'm just going to ask a few questions, and I'd appreciate just a hand raise, a shout, whatever, whatever you want to do to attract attention. So my my first question is: How many of you in the audience are in a business that is selling carbon measurement solutions, LCAs, anything related? Uh, could I just get a show of hands? We have one, two, three. Good. Okay. Uh, four, five. Excellent. How many of you have recently been pitched to by a business offering carbon measurement or LCA or other solutions? Very nice. Okay, good. So about half of the room has either been pitched to or is pitching. Uh, so the good news for you guys is I'm not here to pitch and I'm actually not really going to talk about our company. Uh, I rather want to talk about the problem that we're all facing and just a few thoughts on what the solution might look like. My next question, how many of you are optimists? Very nice. This is the great thing about this sort of audience. You get this random skew, which is just not representative of the national average. So thank you very much for that. Uh, the good news for the optimists is that this is an optimistic message. Uh, I actually want you to, I want to start with the messages that I want you to leave with. And one of those is that actually there's a lot of value moving into sustainability. We talk about the, the problem of not enough money and so on, but actually I want you to leave with the message that there is a lot of value moving in. I also want you to leave with the understanding that not everyone will get that value and that there will be losers. There will be winners, but there will be probably more losers who are spending money but not actually getting the gains that the winners are getting. And the third piece is I want you to leave with a bit of an understanding of why some will win and why some will lose. And I want you to think of the word infrastructure. And I'm going to come back to that word a bit more. If I start off with the first piece, right, everyone who has a stock portfolio wishes that it looked like this over the last few months. This is actually not cryptocurrency, right? This is, this is very close to cryptocurrency, but it's not cryptocurrency. This is ETS prices. This is uh, several weeks old. You can see that these numbers at some point just go ballistic. Uh, that, by the way, that point around 2018 where they go ballistic, August 2018 was Greta coming on the world stage. I'm not saying it was Greta, but I'm saying there was something that happened in the public consciousness around that time that really caused carbon speculation to ricochet. And ETS is really a lot of carbon speculation. It's forward-looking. Um, if you look at some of the facts that we see today, these, these numbers would have been unbelievable four or five years ago, right? We're talking about abatement costs uh, that, uh, that, that, that might be actually 30 euros per ton or less, for example. This was unheard of a few years ago. We're talking about carbon taxes that would have been unheard of a few years ago at scale. We're talking about carbon credit prices that, you know, frankly, no one would have paid 15, 20 euros for. And now we're talking about trading these at 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 euros per ton. I want you to think about climate finance. And this is a problem that those of us, like myself, who've been in this space for, for many years now, I mean, I've been in this space for about 15, 20 years, and we've always been talking about not enough money moving into sustainability. We've always been talking about, look, if you Google how much does it cost to save the world, you get a number that is like $150 trillion, uh, and it's uh, $3 trillion a year, $4 trillion a year, and that's never going to happen. Whereas actually, we're pretty close to a trillion dollars already. If you look at the acceleration and the pace of acceleration of funding moving into climate, this is, this is a pretty impressive number. And this number is only likely to continue. If you look at some of the tailwinds that you have, right? Regulation, uh, carbon, carbon markets. How many of you are aware of how many carbon markets there are today? How many cap and trade schemes? Can we get a number, a shout out? Anyone? 70? Very nice, actually exactly right. 
it really is, 70 carbon markets that I counted. Uh, how many of those do you think came up into existence in just the last 10 years? Again, Will, Will is a genius. Will knows the space. It's around 40, 45% of those markets spun up in the last 10 or 15 years. The first one is, was in the early 1990s. So we're actually talking about a significant, very recent momentum. But then you remember we talked about winners and losers. You remember we talked about not everyone is actually going to win in this game, right? That, that money that's moving in is not going to be fairly distributed. Forget that notion. This chart gives you two sets of numbers. This chart gives you the split of uh, contributing factors to the emissions problem. Which sectors contribute what share to the emissions problem? It also gives you which sector captures what share of the climate finance. Does anyone notice something off here? Anyone? Look at energy. Energy is a big problem. We all appreciate that, right? Energy contributes, what, 40% of the global emissions problem. It gets much more than half of the money flowing into the space. Look at the other side. Look at agriculture. Agriculture is close to 20% of the problem, gets 1%. You know what? I think this is going to get worse. I actually think this skew is going to get bigger. And you know why? We talk a lot about a few factors, and I don't think those factors are true. We talk about technology, technology uncertainty. We talk about operational uncertainty, higher abatement costs, etc. But again, Will, Will, is, Will, Will is a friend. Will is at Dalesford. Will knows, and everyone working in agriculture and food knows, that actually most of this isn't true. When we talk about agricultural innovation for sustainability, the magic is that we talk about stuff that has been around for a thousand years or 2,000 years. We talk about regenerative agriculture. We talk about using natural ways to kill pests, natural ways to fertilize. Forget 1,000 years ago. These have been around for 10,000 years. When we talk about energy, what do we talk about? Hydrogen as a fuel, synthetic fuels, carbon capture and storage. The UK has a massive project now to sequester the carbon dioxide CO2 equivalent underground in, un in, in abandoned gas wells. This stuff has never been tested let alone a thousand years of practice, uh, right? There's actually a lot of good tried and tested methodology behind some of the stuff that is not receiving any funding at all. Look at waste, very similar, right? Recycling, a practice that is many decades old. And actually, I think the, the suggestion that I want to make is that the distinguishing factor is that energy looks a lot like infrastructure. Energy is infrastructure. It's predictable. So let's talk a bit about predictability. Half of you, not half of you, sorry, half of you have been, have been either pitched to by carbon software companies or are in the process of pitching yourself as a carbon software company. So you'll know this. Some others might know this as well. How many of you have been involved in some shape or form, and I'm including those outside, uh, how many of you have been involved in some shape or form in a carbon measurement process at your business or another business? Raise a hand, please. Brilliant. So about, again, maybe about 40% of the room. You'll recognize this. This is the stuff of your nightmares. This keeps you up at night. And it keeps you up at night because everyone who raised their hand, how many of you believe that the numbers that you produced are 100% accurate and would bet uh, 100 pounds of your own money on it? Raise a hand, please. Anyone? No? No? OK, fine. 90% uh, accurate. 80. I've dared myself to keep going down until I get a hand. 70. Scope 3 included. All right, uh, 60, uh, there we go, half, let's call it 55%. All right, so we have one person out of the roughly 10 that raised their hand that believe that their emissions numbers might be 55% accurate. How many of you think that would stand if it was your financial data? Okay, good, right? This is part of the problem. 
And actually, you know, the interesting thing is that all of you are well-intentioned and have done your best, right? There's nothing wrong with that. What I want to pose is an example here of, let's say, four companies that will all do their best. These are four companies all buying the same product, uh, you know, 1,000 pounds spent on a ton of farm rice, all buying it at the farm gate, and they're all going to do what everyone who raised their hand earlier has done. They're going to go with GHG protocol compliant methods, source high quality emissions factors, right? You can read the rest. They're going to do their best. And the fun thing is that they're all going to get different numbers. And the even more fun thing is that all those numbers are right. Uh, so if you look at the two dominant methods, and there are a lot of hybrid methods, right? One is spend-based emissions calculation. Uh, the other is activity-based emissions calculation. You'll notice the variance here is, what, four or five times, uh, right, uh, of what numbers you could get. Um, and this is, this is depending on, you know, obviously things you'd expect, like variety and source location. But who thinks of forex? Who thinks of exchange rates? Who thinks of inflation? as it, like dollar inflation, uh, euro inflation, as affecting your emissions numbers. Um, the other thing is this is going to be even more skewed, right? As you think about land use, right? You know, yields changing. All of this stuff is going to throw these numbers totally out of whack. The, the problem is not that these numbers are inaccurate or anything. The problem is we don't even know how far off these numbers are. And yet they're all compliant. So actually, like, the, the other suggestion I want to make to you is that that's fine. That's not a problem. Again, you're all doing your best. We're all doing our best here, right? We're no different. And I actually be, believe there are these three phases of the journey that most large companies are going through. One phase is around actually just digitizing, right? Forget what the numbers are. Let's just get it into a format that we can work with it and make it more accurate over time and improve it over time. Let's figure out what the quick wins are. We don't need to hold back on the solar panels on the rooftops, guys. We don't need to hold back on electrifying transport. These are the logical things to do. But then we're going to refine. Once we've digitized, we're going to focus on data ethics and transparency. We're going to start partnering with suppliers and building lighthouse cases. And then finally, we're going to move to this promised land, which we're frankly six, seven years away from now, even the largest companies. And that's where we can actually start to make real decisions and channel real funding and have climate finance start to look like finance that can be deployed into infrastructure. And at, at, at our company, at Altruistic, we feel that there's a transition from the audit grade data that you have today, which is all compliant and all wrong and all unpredictably wrong, towards decision grade data that you can actually use, and I'm, I'm gonna stop for questions in a moment, decision grade data that you can actually use to deploy real money in your business, towards procurement grade data that you can actually use to buy differently from your suppliers. Um, and so I'd actually, rather than try and pitch our company, I wanted to pitch the hypothesis and pitch the journey and pitch the vision. And actually, you know, again, very happy to take questions from you guys on our company or anything we do, but also just on how we see the world. So with that, I'm going to stop before I'm kicked off the stage uh, and open up for any questions. Thank you very much, Seth, for a very nice presentation. Questions? Raise your hand if you have a question. There you go. Um, on the last slide, you were mentioning oh, this journey that we're on, in the, uh, not the last, the previous last, there you go, that we're in today. Um, what do you think is the role? So yesterday was another talk about uh, thinking of all of these as ecosystems, so all of them integrated, and the public sector has a role in it as well. Uh, but there's also a role of this unknown creature that has to be out there that will help us standardize and make sure that we all talk the same language when we talk about data. What is your vision for that? 
This is a fantastic question. Uh, I'm going to say something very provocative here, and I know that we've talked about the GHG protocol being the Bible. I think scope one, two, three makes no sense, right? And I think we all, we all secretly know that. And, and one of the reasons is that scope three is 95%, 96%, 94% of every company. So if you've ever seen a chart where the other category is, is everything, that's scope three. I think what makes more sense is to look at products. If you take this bottle, this bottle only exists once. There is only one of this, there is no double counting, right? This is finite. And actually, I think that if we start to exchange data in product formats, uh, you actually remove the double counting aspect of this, but you also are able to then think about how that product needs to be engineered in a better way. And the purpose of reporting and accounting should not be to, com to comply with the heathen gods of carbon measurement. It should actually be to change your business. There are a number of organizations like the WBCSD PACT initiative that are really looking at making that happen. And I think that format and structure for how data should be exchanged across partners is the way to go. All right. I think we are good to go. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much.